I think almost every time, if not every single time, she's come back and said, you know what, I actually want to try this. I don't want to be afraid of that. I don't want this fear to get in the way of us being who we want to be. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 167. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have a beautiful episode with Anna and Groot. They are in their late 30s, together about four years, and they're actually exploring a monopoly dynamic, which is a not little a, bit... Not a monopoly. No, which is a new dynamic, though, on our show. Uh, I think somewhat, so. somewhat, somewhat new. new. It's not as common. Right. So, so that means she is mostly monogamous and he is a relationship anarchist and, and is exploring polyamory. So they talk a little more about how that works and why they've come to that. And yeah, it's a fantastic interview. And also, uh, they wanted us to include in the show notes, uh, Groot does some just fun writing on Literatica, which is an erotica uh, website where anyone can like contribute. And so the links to his Literatica page are in the show notes, which you can find on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the podcast tab. Before we jump into the show, we have a couple of announcements. The first one is you may have noticed that we've been releasing Friday episodes uh, the last few weeks. These are our new Power of Witness series, and this is a series of six episodes, a collaboration that we've done with Catherine of Expansive Connection, where we've done a group coaching uh session with her and four previous couples that were guests on our show. So it's a powerful, amazing experience. We should have called it powerful of witness. (laughs) It's true. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this Friday is the last episode in the series. It'll come out. It's the wrap up and takeaways. And actually it's, I think, equally powerful as the rest of the episode. So um, just the takeaways from this experience that we all share, including Finn and I, are amazing. So you're going to want to come back on Friday and listen. Or if you want to listen right now, you can go join our Patreon and you'd have links to join or links to listen. Um, But please go check it out and give us feedback. We'd really love to hear what you guys all thought of Power of Witness. Um, This is the first time that we've done it. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you in advance for that. Uh, to leave us feedback, you can go to our website, again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the contact, contact, uh, <laughs> mess that up. Let me try again. Contact us button uh, or page, and you can either leave us a voicemail or send us an email. We read them all, we listen to them all, and we reply to all of them. Yep. So we look forward to hearing you, uh, hearing you, hearing, <laughs> hearing from we're, you. We're, we're on it today. I'm fine. I'm <laughs> fine. Don't worry about me. Um, so yeah, thank you in advance for that. Uh, we also have a, a quick announcement on our virtual meet and greet for February. The next one is on February 20th at 6 p.m. Pacific or 9 p.m. Eastern. And these are really fun events that we started doing probably a little just just under a year ago. Uh, And we do it sort of like a speed meet and greet style using Zoom. We put everybody into the main Zoom room. We do a couple of icebreaker questions. And then we break out into smaller breakout, a little more intimate groups. And we ask 
questions to help you get to know each other. And then you talk for a few minutes and we scramble the rooms and you do it again. So these have been super fun. We've loved doing them the last, uh, we've done them every month since I think like last April or May. Yep, I think so. And these are open to everyone. So they're just $10 to join, to sign up, go to our website, again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com in case you forgot, and click on the meet and greet tab. Or just go down in your podcast show notes. There's links to all of the stuff that we've just been rambling about down there. Yes. And we also have some updates on Patreon dates and everything that will be included in the outro. So come back and listen after this interview and you'll get all that information. Yeah. And just one final reminder, please reach out to us. Let us know uh, what you think and how you're doing. And we just, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, let's jump into the interview and we'll see you on the other side. Let's go. Well, I guess I'll get started. All right, well, you, you do you. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Anna and Groot. We're super excited to have you here. Uh, you reached out to us, uh, I think, a little while back, and um, we got you on the show as soon as we could. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, and especially yeah. fitting us in like around the holidays. Yeah, Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, as Emma said, thank you for being here. Do you mind... Introducing yourselves so we know a little bit more about who we're talking to. I am Anna. I am 38 years old. I am a female and I mostly identify as monogamous. And I'm Groot. I'm 37 year old cisgender male and I identify as relationship anarchist. All right. Awesome. And so that's, I think, maybe. One of our, well, we've had sort of monopoly dynamics, but typically like a hot wife kind of yeah, scenario where yeah. it's a little bit different. So we're really excited to hear more about this. And we, you know, we've got a little background on it, but not too much. Um, I guess I, maybe high overview. How long have you two been together? About three and a half to four years. Okay. We don't have like an exact date nailed down. So no, that's okay. Yeah, there's no test. It's okay. Um, It's been a hot minute. There you go. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) There you go. Well, do you mind maybe taking us back to the beginning and sort of how your dynamic has evolved and uh, maybe what that looks like for you two? Okay. Uh, So at the beginning, we met at, of all things, a kink event. Uh, it was a, a munch for a kink group, and it didn't really take off for a while. It was, you know, we met, we talked a little bit, um, we exchanged contact information on one of the, the kink websites, and there was a period of maybe two months where I had sent her a message, and she was new to the site and hadn't actually seen the message was there. So I sent the message off. I said, you know, it's been wonderful meeting you. If you have any questions, let me know. And I just left it at that and thought for a little while, okay, that, you know, nothing happened. That's how it goes. And then uh, eventually she did see the message and responded from there. She was in a relationship that I'll let her talk about a little bit. But it, uh, it went through quite a whirlwind of activity, and it ended up that uh, we were together, we were partners, and we've been kind of exploring where we want to go from there. Ultimately, we're, we're talking about potentially starting up a uh, power exchange dynamic. 
Okay. And before before you two got together, group, had you been exploring, you know, the relationship anarchy on your own? Yes. Uh, it's been kind of an evolution for me of various things. It's kind of funny. The earliest memory I have related to that was sitting in school somewhere, just kind of pondering life and just having this little thought flit through my head innocently enough at the time that everybody seems to do relationships, you know, just one man, one woman typically. And you just have the two partners and that's it. And I just had this weird thought, you know, I don't feel like it has to be that way for me, but I'm going to have to learn how to do that because that's what everybody around me does. And fast forward several years later, I was in another relationship with one of my previous partners who I was discussing getting married to. And I was asking myself that question, if this is how it is, this is how people do things, then how do you make the decision that this is the one that I want? Because I, I didn't have the Disney moment of the stars shining and the birds singing and whatever else to kind of herald that this is the one. And so I had to go through a process of, well, how do you make that decision? And ultimately I decided that one thing I could not do was to give up the possibility, you know, that, that one line in, the marriage vows, forsaking all others, I decided I couldn't get fully on board with that. I had to have that opportunity to explore a little bit if I made that connection with someone. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that, are other relationships dynamics, some dynamics, something that was modeled for you growing up? No, uh, I grew up in a very fundamentalist religious household where you could say I got the fear of God in me from a very young age, and it was very much the monogamous template that everybody knows and to some degree loves. Right, right. And so it was, you were sort of staring down the, the specter of marriage and realizing that like, this, you don't, you didn't know, it, you didn't feel to you like this was the quote unquote, the one. And so how are you supposed to jump in and write everybody in the world off at this point? Sounds like that was sort of where you were at. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was uh, an issue of, do I make this decision on other criteria? Uh, because it seems to me like that moment's never going to come that the, the heavens will open up and I will just be bestowed this sacred knowledge of this is how it's supposed to be. Right. Right. And and when that didn't happen, you kind of, and so it sounds like you didn't end up going through with the, with the marriage, um, ultimately, or, or did you, and then wound up ending it? No, uh, we did make a brief stab at opening the relationship up. And that's when certain cracks appeared in the relationship that showed that it ultimately was not going to work out. And very shortly thereafter, the relationship itself failed. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. And, and it helps kind of set the stage, sort of the stage and the foundation for probably what 
what will lead into the relationship between you and Anna. Yeah. Um, so, so the, after, after that relationship ended, it sounds like you started exploring a little bit more on your own. Is that correct? Like open relationships and relationship. Yes. Anarchy. Yes. And I, I did have another relationship where it was polyamorous. Uh, I didn't have multiple partners myself, but the partner I was with had another partner and we even cohabitated for a little while. And so we sort of proved that I can, I can handle the mindset, even if they weren't the right people for that. It, it just kind of cemented in my mind, okay, people can sort of make this work and there's probably a way to make it work for me. Uh, and I probably just need to do some, some research cause I hadn't read any of the books at the time. We did an awful lot of the common rookie mistakes that you probably hear a lot about. And uh, I decided I just needed to double down and do it better next time. Yeah. No, I mean, I think at the beginning, we all make lots of mistakes. And, <laughs> and even in the middle and at the end or whatever, any all we're, phases, we're, all we're always learning, right? So, yeah. On, on your side, Anna, um, had you ever explored non-monogamy leading up to your relationship with group? So, um, before I had gotten married, um, when I was in college, I had kind of exes of mine had sort of, I had discovered pornography and, um, I kind of liked girls because they were pretty nice to look at. (laughs) And, and so when my, um, my ex-husband before we were married had said that he was wanting a threesome. I was like, okay, that seems like something I might be interested in. And that was sort of a deal breaker for him. Like he, he wanted to find a partner that would be interested in that. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm interested. So we ended up getting married. And after a little while, he basically decided he wanted this to happen. And he was not wanting to wait for that to happen. Um, he wanted to find somebody that was going to do this with us and make this happen. And that's where I kind of got off board a little bit because that didn't seem natural to me to just go find somebody to make it happen. But, um, it was something I told him I was interested in. So I was like, well, I said, I'm interested in this, so we need to try this. I had no idea where you find somebody to do that. And we started doing some research, got on a kink website and found a swingers club in our area. And the first night that we went to the swingers club, we met a single girl there and ended up playing with her and ended up exchanging contact information and had a brief relationship, a little triad kind of thing with her. She was married, but her, um, she was having problems with her husband and uh, he did not come with her that night. He was not living in the house with her at that time. And it ended, our relationship with her ended when she decided to start working things out with her husband. So, but that kind of had, um, given us this little bit of an experience and I had kind of decided maybe with the right person, this is something that I want but I did not like the just going out and trying to just meeting somebody that night and playing with somebody that night. 
that wasn't Mm -hmm. for me. Um, but once we had had a relationship with her, I started to like her. So I was a little bit heartbroken when she ended the relationship to work on her marriage and it had given him the idea that we just have to show up someplace and meet some single girl and we can make this happen again. So then because I wanted somebody that I liked, then it was my job to go out and find somebody else who will do this with us. Right. And so I was continuously sent out to different events to try and meet somebody. Uh, we ended up having a girl, um, live with us for a little while. That was a friend of a friend, um, who needed to move out of her house. And she lived with us for a few months and we played with her a couple of times and it was not a good experience because I did not like her, but my husband did like playing with her. And so at that point he kind of started talking about wanting to be polyamorous because he wanted to be able to have relationships with both of us. And I didn't really know what that was very much, but it felt very threatening, especially because I, I could, I felt at that time that our relationship was not sturdy. And so, um, then it really felt threatening for somebody else to come along, but I was willing to look into that and find out more information about it. And, um, things ended up not working out with her. He discovered all the things about her that I didn't like and stopped liking her. But round about the time that she moved out, when things were kind of falling apart with that relationship, then my husband really wanted to find another girl. And so he was really pushing for me to find somebody else. That's when I went out to the event where I met Groot. And we kind of joke that I was sent out to find somebody. And sure enough, I did. (laughs) Yeah, you were sent out to find somebody you liked, and you found somebody you liked. (laughs) I did, in fact. Um, And once I finally discovered how I could check messages on the website, on my account, and found that he had sent me a message two months or so later, um, I started talking to him. And it quickly, we kind of discovered that we had a spark, Groot and I. And I started talking to my husband about it and he kind of thought it was cute at first. And he was like, Oh, I could tell that you had a crush on him. And we went to a couple of local polyamory classes to learn more information. And kind of once my husband started learning about polyamory, that it's all ethical, it's all above the table. It goes both ways. It is not just threesomes. I could have my own other partners and that I liked Groot and was wanting to pursue a relationship with him. Then my husband decided he did not want to do polyamory. He just wanted to do swinging and threesomes. And I was basically forbidden to talk to Groot at all. Um, at that point, we basically grew and I started for lack of any better word, an affair, because at that point, once I had met Groot, I had realized 
how toxic things were actually were in my marriage and how they didn't have to be that way. That the relationship that I was starting to form with Groot was so much healthier. I could not just cut him out of my life and stop that relationship. And ultimately a few months later, things spiraled with my marriage and my husband moved out and then we started working on a divorce. But there was a time where I almost thought we were going to make this whole little thing work. It did not turn out to be that way, but I learned through that what a healthy relationship should be like. Wow. Thank you for sharing. It sounds like I can, I can see why you said there's not a uh, firm start date on the Anna Groot dynasty. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. It sounds like it was uh, difficult and yeah, we really appreciate you being able to walk through that um, and share, even though it sounds like a very difficult time in your life. It was very, it was very hard to let go of the fantasy of the perfect marriage. Um, you know, like like Disney teaches us, like all the fairy tales that you live happily ever after. But and so that was very hard to give let go of that relationship and that marriage. But at the same time, it was so relieving and I felt like I could actually breathe again for the first time in years once he had moved out. And once I I started in a healthy relationship, the difference was just so incredible. And people told me that even just within the first couple of months, how happy I seemed. Mm -hmm. So I definitely know that it was worth it. Yeah. 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 And sometimes the going through those super, super hard and difficult things, I mean, that's what you have to do to get to a better place, right? So Definitely. we're ha- happy to hear that that you're here and you made it through. So Yes, I am. I did. <laughs> Life has been very good since then. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, so I was curious, you said uh early that you identify as mostly monogamous. And I was just kind of curious because it it sounds like that's, you know, some people are like, well, I just don't get it. I can't do it. I just, you know, whatever. Some people are just very closed off to it, but you. To non-monogamy. To non-monogamy, right? But it sounds like you at one point were like, I'm willing to give this a try. I'm willing to see if we can make this work. And you were actually even, it sounds like willing to maybe be married to your ex-husband and have a relationship with Groot so that I was just curious, like maybe your decision and in, in your growth into the, the idea that maybe monogamy is a better fit for you personally. Yeah, it's definitely, I've chosen monogamy. When we had that first experience with um, that first girl that we had met at the swingers club and I kind of liked her. I could see how that worked for me if that had been a healthier relationship. I could have, I could have done, I could have been very happy in that, um, situation. And even since, um, Groot and I have been together, I did have a crush on somebody that I had met, um, who I've lost contact with. So I know that I could 
do the non-monogamy thing. Like I could have feelings. We could work this out where we were seeing other people, but at least for right now in my life, we joke that, um, my primary relationship is my job. (laughs) And, um, so I just really feel like I don't have the time to give to another partner that somebody would deserve. Yeah. 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 No, it makes total sense for right now, at least. And I don't really feel like I'm searching. Like I don't feel the need to find somebody else. I don't feel like itching to get on dating websites and see who I can meet or anything like that. And so for me at this time, monogamy just fits with my life better and with what my wants and needs are at this time. Right. No, it makes perfect sense. And and again, thank you for sharing. And that wasn't like a accusation of like get off our non-monogamy podcast but anything i just wanted to hear because the monopoly dynamic is is a is fairly unique i think in a lot of ways but and it sounds like for you like it's not that you can't wrap your mind around non-monogamy it's that you've just chosen that like right now or whatever that that this is what's going to work for you Yes. And I think that that is part of why the monopoly is working so well for us, because a lot of people, um, try it and it doesn't work for them or, um, it doesn't work long-term. And now we've been at it for at least for over three and a half years. And I think it's because for me, the monogamy is a chosen monogamy. Mm -hmm. It's not just like, I'm not allowed to see somebody else or, And it's always an open door that if I met somebody and I wanted something with somebody else, I'm that's always on the table. Right. It's just that this time I'm choosing not to. And I think that that is part of why our monopoly works so well long-term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then I guess maybe would it be possible to share and we can dive, I want to like obviously learn more about Groot and that side, but maybe like what, like what does the monopoly dynamic really like look like in practice for you two? I think maybe that would help people just kind of understand like what, what it is on like a day to day or month to month sort of basis. Um, I've been talking a lot. Do you want to say something? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, since I'm the one that's doing multiple partners, probably better to get my perspective on that. Obviously there is a pandemic on as we record this. So it's a little bit difficult doing the meeting new people and expanding your bubble and, uh, you know, having kind of two standards of, uh, health and safety to be keeping track of. Um, but before all this started, I did have a relationship that I started, uh, that really helped us to kind of broaden our horizons as far as what we were looking for in our relationship and proving that this was really going to work because really from the beginning, there's been sort of a discussion ongoing of, well, why don't we just close the relationship? Because there's been so much drama going on. There's been so much difficulty in, in discussing things and just getting on with life uh, while we're, you know, going through all the, the different stages of the relationship. Um, so it's been kind of a continuous discussion of, well, why don't we just close the relationship? Because that's kind of the easy button. That's, that's the, uh, the template that we've been given by society to, uh, model relationships after. And so this other relationship 
really helped us to kind of go through the the growing pains and all of the discussions that we needed to have in order to get to the place where it was fully a non-monogamous a working relationship. Before that, it was kind of theoretical that we discussed about having another partner, but there was so much drama going on that uh, it didn't seem feasible at the time. We just didn't have time after work and, and everything else happened. So then finally we got to a place where I could start to explore another relationship. And that was a little bit slow at first. Uh, we had to kind of ease into it and, and make sure that everybody's needs were being met and that I wasn't going too fast for, you know, that I believe the, uh, the advice is usually go at the speed of the slowest person. Yep. And yes. with, uh, with the difficulty that we had with trying to open up a relationship uh, on her side, then there was a bit of uh, trepidation, shall we say, as far as how that was all going to work out and trying to feel safe during that process. So we took it slow and it really was starting to hit its stride. And then unfortunately, the um, pandemic happened and uh, that relationship is basically on hold and, and may or may not pick up again uh, after everything settles down. Yeah, no, but, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for sharing all of that too. I think it makes it yeah. makes sense that you kind of had to, that you did start slow and then um, went at the speed of the slowest person and, and made sure that it was your relationship was in a safe space before, before moving forward. Yeah, that was a big priority for me is I, I wanted everyone to feel safe and I wanted to set us up for success as much as I possibly could. Yeah. Well, and I think maybe in, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, you know, for me personally, I think my insecurity would be the, the imbalance, right. Where, uh, in a monopoly, right. Like where you have this opportunity to go and do all these things. And, and I guess, as Anna said, like she has the opportunity, she's just choosing not to, but that I think that would be something that would be hard for me. Like I'm doing this, I'm having this fun, I'm meeting these people and my partner isn't. And I was just wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about like how the two of you navigate that. Uh, I guess it really comes down at least for my perspective, it comes down to what people feel like they want to pursue. I'm trying to extend basically the same opportunities to her and to any partner that I might have in the future that I'm asking for. I'm, I'm asking for the opportunity to explore with other partners and I've tried to make it clear that I'm trying to leave that open for her as well, but not everybody is after the same things. Not everybody's in the same place in their life. And, you know, there's, there's a difference between equal and, uh, what is the word? Yeah. Equality and equity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And equanimity. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a difference between everybody having an exact same thing and everybody having something that they find valuable. Right. So 
it's been kind of a balancing act of, well, what is it that I'm looking for? What is it that you're looking for? And then trying to find a way to meet everyone's needs. And I know that everybody says it, but that was where a lot of communication took place. And just what is it that I need to feel safe and to feel um, taken care of in this relationship and um, be happy in this relationship? What's going to meet my needs? And having to just be really open and talking about it a lot of how things are going and what am I wanting or needing and what is he wanting or needing? And then his other partner, what does she want or need? She also did not have a lot of free time. Like I don't have a lot of free time. So balancing whose free time happens when and things (laughs) like that, you know, who's got free time on the weekend, who's got free time during the week and then him meeting his own needs and making sure that he has his own free time that he needs to have and things like that and balancing all of that. And so it's, it's like I said, everybody says it, but the communication has to be there to make sure that everybody's getting what they need. Yeah. Like continual check-in too. It can't just be like one conversation. Okay. We got this this figured out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. And thank you for sharing a little bit of insight on that. Mm -hmm. That really helps. Um, How have the two of you seen one another grow over the last couple of years that you've been together? So Anna has been kind of fiercely facing her fears since the beginning. There were an awful lot of things that were triggering in one way or another. And every time we'd run into something, we would slow down or stop. Now I've always said you can, you can stop anytime and we can discuss it. And every time we run into something that has bothered her, that we've, we've slowed down and uh, we've had to talk about, I think almost every time, if not every single time, she's come back and said, you know what? I actually want to try this. I don't want to be afraid of that. I don't want this fear to get in the way of us being who we want to be. And it's been such a privilege to see her grow as a person, just facing every one of those and and stepping through it and becoming a stronger person and becoming... I think more of who she wants to be. Yeah. You're so sweet. I didn't really know him before he started this journey of non-monogamy, but um, he's told me stories about things that happened in other relationships. And something that he has grown in is his boundaries, knowing what his boundaries are, knowing, um, what he wants and and needs and setting up his boundaries and sticking with it. When it, something gets up to, um, one of his boundaries, he knows that that was where the line is. And he can, um, a lot of times for us, it happens with his time, how much time he has to give to me or another relationship. And when it's starting to get to that boundary, he says, no, I, I don't have extra time this week. I can't do that. 
and really standing by those boundaries where I, um, understand in previous relationships, he didn't really know as well where his boundaries were and he didn't uphold them as well. And that's definitely something that he's grown in. Well, thank you both for sharing. Yeah, I know that's, that's wonderful to hear. Um, and it's, it's one of our favorite questions because I think it's, it's important to reflect on how you've, um, how you've seen each other grow and, and honestly how you, you yourself has gr- have grown too. Yeah. So Groot, you were, you were voluntarily at a kink event and Anna, you were thrust into a kink event to go unicorn hunting. Yes. How, I guess maybe a couple of questions and I'll just throw them all out there and let you guys figure out how you want to answer them all. <laughs> uh, is, is the, the kink dynamic something that you two are interested in together and in Anna on your behalf, like, was it something you were interested in for yourself or were you only there because you thought that's where you could meet an, a single woman to bring back for the relationship? Um, for me, it's a little bit of both. Um, that was the only place that I knew of to go searching for somebody, but I just like, I'm kind of interested in girls. It was something that I was kind of interested in exploring a little bit more, wanted to know more about and try out how that could maybe enhance my relationship with somebody. Yeah. And we've, we've added things to our repertoire together. Do you want to say something about you personally? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been something that I've been interested in for a while. And it's been something that we've discovered that we have some overlap, some, some, some common ground that we can explore together and, kind of grow our, our relationship through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just kind of curious because you mentioned early on that you are talking about maybe changing up the dynamic a little bit. And just curious if that was something that you had both been interested in before you came together, or if that's something maybe a little newer and maybe what, what does that dynamic that you're trying to put together look like? I think that, so we're looking at a power exchange dynamic And it was something that I kind of knew about in like the kind of pop culture sort of like dominatrix kind of, you know, what you see in in TV or movies or things like that. Um, I knew it existed, but we kind of just naturally have that sort of dynamic together. It just naturally kind of comes out. And so we've sort of explored it for the past few years that we've been together. And now we're kind of looking at how we would make that more of an official dynamic versus just something that kind of just naturally sort of happens. Would you say anything else about that? No, that sounds about right. I mean, it's, it's been something that I've thought about for a while, something that I've been interested in exploring uh, since before I met her and, and had some kind of ideas, but you never really know how a new partnership is going to fit into that dynamic or if it will work at all. So it's been interesting just to, uh, to be able to 
ask the question, hey, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about doing that? And just seeing how that plays out and, and whether that's going in a direction I thought that I might be interested in already, or if it suggests something else that we haven't really talked about previously or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was curious. So like you see this power dynamic that you might want to try. Are there other things that you're interested in in the future? Like where do you think your relationship might go? Uh, we have talked about doing somewhat more, uh, I guess, intense non-monogamy. Uh, we've talked about being a little bit exhibitionistic, that there's a, uh, a swingers club here that they have the, the shadow box where people can go up and, uh, you know, you can see the silhouette of what people are doing in there, but can't quite make it out. We've talked about potentially going up there and, and fooling around or doing something with that, uh, or potentially even bringing in another person, uh, having a, a threesome or, or some similar play session. We've also talked about exploring rope play. Yeah. So there, there are things, there are things on the list that we're just thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really exciting. Yeah. And I think too, one of the exciting things, and, and you've touched on this a few times is like your, your open communication with one another really like, that's the foundation for all of this, right? right? And when you have that, you can talk about doing just about anything. And then you get to decide together, do we want to do that or do we not? Or does one of us and one of us don't? And and from there, you can basically, you know, create your own ad- adventure book kind of thing. Yeah, that's, I think that's really one of the points where I realized that this was a healthy relationship and my other one was not. And I started gravitating more towards Groot and away from my marriage because I could ask any question when I realized that I could say no at any time and I wasn't going to be in trouble for it. That was a total game changer for me because a lot of times in my marriage, I said yes, because it was better than what was going to happen if I said no. And when I discovered that I could say no as many times as I wanted, even if I turned right around and was like, nope, never mind, I'm going to say yes. Or I could say yes and then turn around and say, never mind, no. And it was always okay. And that we had that communication that I could always say yes or no. And I could ask anything and say anything. And it was always okay. That, that was when I knew I had to be in this relationship. And I had right. to get away from the other one. Yeah, right. that's powerful. Because it, it felt safe. It was so safe. I call him my safe place. Because for the first several months of of me knowing him, that was he was the place I went to when I didn't feel safe at home. Yeah. So, yeah, like this is the healthiest relationship that I've ever been in. And so much of that is just learning how to communicate. And I feel like we communicate better than lots of married people who just go through their marriage because we've had a hard time. Right. Yeah. You've kind of been been forced to, it's been interesting to go through some of the literature where we're those kind of people that have to research the heck out of something. 
And so we've read a bunch of books and we've listened to podcasts and we've been to some, I would call them relationship skill classes, really. I mean, they were kind of pitched at the the polyamory community, but uh, they talked about communication. They talked about online dating. They talked about a number of different things. Jealousy. Yeah, jealousy. Yeah. And, uh, and so just to be able to have that knowledge base and look around at the, the people that we know and say, Hey, you know, you guys are having an issue right here. Um, there's tools that are out there that you don't have to <clears throat> suffer through this continually. And of course you can't always just butt in and say, Hey, I've got, you know, a potential solution to this problem. It's not your, your problem to solve, but just, just knowing that that journey gave us a lot of the skills to handle a lot of those issues has just been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It helps with other relationships too. It's helped me with just better relationships with my family or people at work or things like that. Yeah. That's a really good point too, because, you know, you think about going into like a relationship course or something like that as like, you're supposed to be working on like your romantic relationships, but really it's skills that you can use in any many places in your life and improve all of those relationships as well. So thank you for pointing that out. I was also curious, uh, how I guess open with other people in your life are you about your dynamic? Uh, I guess I will go first because it's relatively easy answer. Uh, I'm not very close to most of my family, so I don't really have to tell them anything. I don't tell people that I work with a lot simply because the company that I work for seems to be heavily rooted in a lot of traditional values. Uh, it's not like some of the larger companies where you have the um, morality clauses and things like that that can really get you in trouble, but I, it's it's enough that I'm wary of sharing that with anyone that I work with. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, I'm really not open. We're, we're open with the people that are in our poly um, and kink community. Um, we're in some, some groups and we're open to, with all of those people, but um, I'm not open to my family because my family is very protective of me. And I know that, especially because things were so bad with my marriage that they would be very concerned and, and suspicious if I just came out and said, Oh yeah, he dates other people. Um, it, they just wouldn't understand. And so to me, they just don't need to know. Yeah. Um, and I'm not open at work. Um, I'm open to one person that I work with, um, because she came out to me as being pansexual. And so I started talking to, she asked me if I knew what that meant. And I said, I kind of know a lot more about that sort of community than you might think because I'm in a monopoly relationship and my partner is Polly. So, um, I'm open to her, um, but that's really the only person outside of the kink and poly community that we're open to. How how have you gone about, I guess, building community around yourselves? It sounds like you have 
you know, you found some munches maybe and like, maybe like, what does that community look like for you? Cause I know that can be really, really helpful to have. It's also, you got to point out that it's different, it probably is different now than in sure, COVID. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Right now it's very online. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we, we actually were pretty involved in our community. We went to a lot of the relationship classes. Um, we're close friends with one of the ladies that teaches a lot of the classes. I actually had just about a year and a half ago started teaching a class on the five love languages. And we are in a telegram, a couple of telegram groups that, um, go through kind of poly processing and people ask questions, people bring up topics to discuss. We're reading through kind of collectively, um, the more than two book and, Mm -hmm. um, every, every few days or a couple times a week, they post a little blurb, a little chapter from the book and then some questions to go along with it and people answer it. And there's a lot of just discussion and things like that. And, um, before, before the pandemic started, we would go out to a lot of those classes and things like that and be active in the community. And I think, oh gosh, like the month before the pandemic really hit, they had a big get together, like a big munch for all of the different organizations that are kind of in the kink community, like leather groups, rope groups, polyamory, just all of the different, um, groups that are local and, um, you could go and every group introduced themselves and how you could get in contact with them and what all of their social media handles were. And, um, it was kind of this big sort of resurgence of the community. And then COVID squashed that real fast, <laughs> but hopefully once this is all kind of past us, we can get back out and go to more events and things like that because we definitely had a couple of groups that we were interested in checking out and um cuddle parties and things like that that we were starting to enjoy going to and it's kind of interesting too in this area i understand this is a little bit unusual among kink and other alternative lifestyle groups that everybody is kind of enmeshed it's very much People from the kink community know people from the poly community and everybody's, you know, not everybody's into everything, but everybody's pretty much okay with whatever, you know, there's, there's the furries group, there's the littles group, there's the the leather group and everybody kind of knows each other. And there's a, a spirit of cooperation among them, but, seems to be uh, a little bit lacking perhaps in, in other areas. So we're fortunate that, you know, you, you know, a few people and you know, an entire community. Yeah. Right. No, that's awesome that, that they're all so intertwined and supportive of one another. I love hearing that. Yeah. And I decided a really quick follow-up question because this is a, something that we've gotten asked before. You mentioned cuddle parties. Have you been to one and if you have, could you describe it? Because some people have asked us about those and whether they actually exist. Or we not. we have one every night when we go to sleep, but they're usually <laughs> two person parties. So. Um yeah, so the cuddle parties that we've been to, we've been to maybe three, something like that, before the pandemic hit. Um here locally they happen they were happening once a month. 
And, um, you would just, you had to get, you had to go to some other event, um, to meet the people that were in charge of it because it was at somebody's house. And then you could get invited to, um, the, to find out where the cuddle party was. Yeah. And it, they always start out with, um, some getting to know you at the beginning, everybody goes around and introduces themselves and it starts off with a little bit of a, um, I guess like a little class really on how to negotiate consent with like, would you like to hold hands? Can I, you know, touch your hair? Um, would you like to sit on my lap? Whatever like that, how people can negotiate for things that they want or don't want. And then after about the first hour, then it's cuddle time for the next two hours and every 20 minutes, I think something like 10 minutes. Something like Something that. Like yeah. that. Um, they set a timer. Maybe it's 10 minutes. They set a timer and you can like find a partner to cuddle with or go into the kitchen and eat something or just sit by yourself, whatever you want to do. Um, and then the timer goes off and you can switch and you just enjoy cuddling, enjoy talking, enjoy not talking. You can cuddle the one you came with or you can cuddle somebody else and just... There's lots of pillows, lots of blankets, lots of sofa cushions. And for that first part of the cuddle party, it's non-sexual only. So you have to have your, your genitals covered, basic, you know, bikini areas or what, however they describe that. And then after the, the main event, I guess you could say, then it's kind of anything goes. And after the first two hours. Yeah. And then, then, you know, you can do other like kink things or whatever else. Right. And so like people kind of opt into that extra portion if they want to, if they, all they want is the cuddle part, then they can leave after that part. Exactly. Yeah. And it usually that the extra part usually starts at about 10 o'clock, which is our bedtime. So (laughs) (laughs) we can't say we've been to that part much. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, well, thank you for sharing. Again, we've never been to one, so it's good to kind no, of I know, I'm peek behind the curtain a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty It's pretty fun. It's nice to just sit and be close to people and just enjoy that. Right. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. snuggling. And, and sometimes we just go, the first maybe two times we went, we didn't even sit with anybody besides ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's... Um, it's fun to know those exist. It just feels like a, such a foreign concept right now with COVID, especially yes, oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but someday, someday we'll be able to do that again. You have to settle for cuddling with me. I know. <laughs> yep. Well, we, we want to be respectful of your time, of course, but we didn't know if maybe you had a blurp, a blurper. Jeez. A, a speaking, blur- speaking of which, <laughs> if you happen to have a blooper that you wanted to share with us before we let you go, or uh, maybe if you just had any final thoughts that you wanted to share um, before we let you get along with your evening. Um, we do have a blooper. We kind of say that, um, how we got started was a blooper because I was supposed to go out and meet somebody I liked and that's what I did. (laughs) It wasn't exactly as planned, but, um, there was a time that happened, um, after we had been kind of seeing each other for a couple of months, I would usually, um, leave my house and just go walking because I just didn't want to be at my house. And, um, 
he had a friend that lived within walking distance of my house and we would often go and meet over at her house and she has a beautiful garden in the backyard and a garden swing and we would go over and swing on her her garden swing together and I would just kind of decompress and just relax and just be out of my house and it was it was kind of early spring so the weather was nice we would watch the sunset sometimes um and we would do that when I was having a bad day well my husband took my phone one time and he got into my text messages and found a message where Groot and I had been asking, do you want to go swing tonight? And my husband, thinking that I'm doing horrible, terrible things outside of our marriage, thinks that Groot and I are going to swingers clubs and swinging together when I won't swing with my husband. So it's this big joke between Groot and I that we want to go swing. And um, since then, my parents actually, for my birthday one year, bought me a garden swing. So now I have a swing in my backyard. And so now sometimes we go swing and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> now you can have swing parties at home. Exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of our blooper. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And it sounds like a um, those, you know, really it's a great place for you two to connect it sounds like that swing you know is kind of the start of a, your relationship and it you have a swing now and that that's just a really cool like place for you two it sounds like yes yeah it's definitely kind of symbolic of our relationship i would say yeah yeah love that awesome. do well, you have any other final thoughts or anything before before we let you get on with the rest of your night um, one of the things that I guess I wanted to say was we just really wanted to um, come on the show because I wanted people to know that which a couple of things. First of all, I felt so trapped in my marriage because divorce just wasn't okay. And I feel like a lot of people end up feeling that way. And I just want people to know that it is better to get divorced it is not so taboo than to stay in a toxic relationship. And I feel like, especially like I grew up in a religious household and my family members do not get divorced. I only have a couple of like cousins that have been divorced. And so it just wasn't something that my family does. And that was holding me in a marriage that was unhealthy for much longer than it should have. and. So I want people to know that it's better to just get out and be in something that's healthy. And I also want people to know people could look at my marriage and say, oh, well, opening up and having threesomes and, you know, being poly, it's no wonder that your marriage failed. You were doing all of these horrible, terrible things that, you know, outside of your marriage. And that is not why my marriage failed. And Polly can be done very wrong, like what was happening in my marriage, or it can be done very right, like what is happening now with Groot. And especially to people who are new, there are things, a lot of times people say there's no one right way to do Polly, and that's true. There's no one right way. There are some things you can do that are wrong, though. And here are some pitfalls that you can try and 
be aware of and watch out for. And, um, things like unicorn hunting, um, might be one of them. I'm not saying having a unicorn is, or having a triad is a bad thing, but what I was doing and what my husband was doing is not the way to do it. So I just want people to know that there are some things to look out for. And then there are some really good, healthy ways to do non-monogamy. And even if it didn't work, even if it was completely toxic in one relationship, it could be completely healthy and wonderful and the best relationship you've ever had in another relationship, just depending on how you're doing it and who you're doing it with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for sharing all of that too. That was some really amazing final thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah super, I actually, super powerful. I actually also wanted to chime in. The reason that I wanted to do this interview was because I wanted to send a message to anyone that might be listening right now that's in a difficult situation, that's looking into something and it doesn't feel quite right. Listen to your inner voice. Don't let someone pressure you into doing something that feels wrong because it may not be that the path is wrong, but something needs to adjust and you can't force it. It's not something that you can just fake it until you make it. The, The emotions are real. The emotions have consequences and you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, beautifully said as well. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I mean, thank you both for the powerful messages and your story is very powerful and we appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing with us and sharing with everybody. Um, yeah, it's amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you you. for having this as a platform for people to learn more. You're welcome. It's our pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) And I would say thank you, but Finn just did such a beautiful job too. So Only one we'll night. let you get on with your night and uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. And we're back. Thank you so much to Anna and group for reaching out and coming on the show and sharing your story. I think it's an amazing dynamic and it was wonderful to talk with both of you. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, just a huge thank you from, from me as well. Um, and we look forward, they, they, they messaged us back um, after we did the interview and said they, they look forward to doing a part two in the future. So yeah. And we know some of the stuff that was talked about is not easy. So we really thank you for um, willing to talk and communicate with both of us. Yeah. And yeah. share. Yeah. And so we mentioned in the intro that we were going to say a few things about Patreon here in the outro. Uh, Just the first thing is, of course, a giant thank you to everybody who is already part of the Patreon community. About 150 plus of you out there. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It means the world to us. So It does. Patreon. What is Patreon, Emma? Patreon. So we have a a monthly Q&A. The next one is going to be on February 24th. That's a Wednesday. We do two of them, one at 6 p.m. Pacific and one at... 9 p.m. Pacific, so um, one for the East Coasters and one for the West Coasters. Um, these Q&As are very informal. They're a discussion, an opportunity to discuss and meet with like-minded people. Uh, then we also have uh, the next dollar up level, we have a MeWe group where we have a chat. It's a group chat. We also have a women's group and a men's group at that level. Um, these are just amazing communities and we would love to have you join. Uh, we're so thankful for everyone who is in those groups. Um, we also have a women's discussion call. The next one is actually today 
today, February 10th. If you missed this one tonight, feel free to come back. There'll be another one in March. Don't worry. And the men's group call is February 16th. So those are the dates for Patreon this month. And we'd love to have you join us. Yeah. And and when I said, what is Patreon? Uh, Patreon is. Oh. <laughs> I kind of skipped right over that, didn't it's, I? It's just a, it's a platform for creators um, to earn money or to get pledges from people who support uh, the show. And we've used ours to really build a community. Uh, we don't have like tons of swag or anything we're giving away. Um, we just it's all about building like a group of people around the show. And it's, yes. it's been amazing. And, and to, thanks for clarifying. Yeah, no I, problem. I missed okay. that. Hey, we're a team. We're a team. <laughs> Uh, to join, it's as low as $2 a month and uh, up to $5 a month to get everything. Go to um, our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the Patreon button or down in your podcast player. Yeah, and you can always try it out for a month. If it's not for you, uh, we don't we don't get hurt feelings if uh, you leave. So Nope. I think, um, I think we've covered just about everything other than next week. Next week, our guest is Cooper of Life on the Swing Set fame. So we're pretty excited to talk with him and share his story. So. Yeah, it's, it's a great conversation. And uh, we talk about everything from uh, sex and orgies to Mr. Rogers. We do. So That's very true. We'll see you in a week for that. And we, we hope you take care. And uh, we'll see you on Friday for Power of Witness. First up. The final episode. Yeah, final episode, Power of Witness, this coming Friday. All and right. then next Wednesday, we'll see you for Cooper's episode. Excellent. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.